Hi there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd like to take a moment to announce that we are launching a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash TalkingTolkien. We'll also post it on our Facebook and Twitter. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to check out the Patreon and hopefully give some money. Obviously, you don't need to give. We'd appreciate you sharing our podcast just as much. With just a little bit of extra funding, we'll be able to buy server space, equipment, and other necessities to help our podcast grow. Eventually, our plan is to offer other podcasts about other beloved works and overlooked classics. Thanks. Saddle. Oh my god. I found them. This water is zero calories per can. No. How many sugars are in it? Zero. <gasps> zero sugars. I'm only eating things with less than 30% calories from fat. Is butter a carb? <laughs> <laughs> All you do is drink cranberry juice for 72 hours. <laughs> Other mistake I made last night was... Um, Drinking too much booze. Well, yeah, but... Uh, Mackenzie had leftover fries, like a, they had like a mm. massive thing of leftover fries, they just piled it into a box, mm. and, and they just like left it for me in the fridge. And guess what? I ate it last night, at like three in the morning, fries. while drunk. Just I ate those fries right. and woke up in the morning, going, "Oh God, what did I?" You know what? Oh, and potatoes do help soak it, soak some of it up, though. Yeah, but I, but I failed. Yeah, but that's such a sugar crash. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a total sugar crash. I wish that's it... what gets you with a bad hangover: sugar. And I checked also my step counter. We apparently I walked twenty thousand steps <laughs> yesterday, and I don't, and I only remember like the first ten. <laughs> I'm gonna record the podcast like this, all right? <laughs> With the record show that he is hunched over, head in hands, grimacing. Point is, Chase is a little rough today. Yeah, my stomach is sour. <laughs> all right, welcome to episode nine of the Hobbit edition. Episode eight. Eight. This is eight. I thought seven was the one that Chase and I recorded without you. Nope, that was nope, six. That was six. Really? Five was the movie. Five was the movie. Okay, someone else record the intro. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is episode eight and... Nine. It's eight. It's eight. Where we read... Who is the one with the OCD notes? <laughs> we read chapters 11 and, and 12. 12. Yes. I don't remember the name, so I'm not going to go that far. On the doorstep and inside information. We met a dragon. So Wait, it was really called Inside Spoiler Information? Spoiler alert. Yes. I, f- I missed that somehow. That's an awesome title. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. Huh. Did you well, read this whatever. before the bad decisions I don't, with adult beverages I don't or after? Read, I, I fail to read <laughs> chapter titles sometimes. I just keep going. I don't. I just don't stop. Do no stop Come on. Do the, the beat. Don't stop. Don't you went to a totally different song. Sorry, I was thinking about Michael Jackson yeah. earlier today. That's where I'm going to start this episode. <laughs> All right. So yes, uh, chapters 11 and 12. So uh, last we left the company. They were Sans, heading towards the Lonely Mountain. Sans Gandalf, of course. Uh, they were floating away down. From Lake Town. From Lake Town. And they met up with a bunch of people who had ponies and stuff like that for them. Mm-hmm. And they had more supplies. And they're like... And they're making their trip to the Lonely Mountain. I found it very interesting that after a while, the men that were going to be like, that were kind of like helping them out were like, yeah, we're not going anywhere near that. And Yeah, get, well, get a little too close for comfort well, to the danger zone. For, for a little uh, scale here, they had to row for basically two full days to get to the end of the lake. 
Yeah. So this really is like something about like the size of Lake Michigan. Yep. It's a long lake. Like it's 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 kind of skinny, but it's very long. It's a big old lake. So if Lake Town is Gary. <laughs> I could I could see that that'd be appropriate yeah. just for a geographic uh, comparison there also we see something that was very interesting and it was kind of in the description is we see a lot of area that as Thorin says formerly and Balins formerly grew uh, was like beautiful mm-hmm. plains of grass mm-hmm. are all now just like gray and Charred dusty stumps, yeah. thanks to the dragon thanks to the desolation <laughs> the of desolation the dragon. of smog yeah. yeah hey I wonder where they got the title for the second movie that specifically was made, highlighted that, that because was of that. loosely based on this book called The Hobbit but yes anyway <laughs> so if if Lake Town is Gary I'm imagining that like Green Bay is is a uh, the Lonely Mountain. Home to the famous Lonely Mountain Packers. All right. Lonely Mountain the Packers. The only community-owned uh, professional football team in all of Middle Earth. Yeah, they're busy, you know, living inside a dragon's stomach, I imagine. <laughs> so but they, but they, they, get up to, they get up to the mountain, and they spend a lot of time trying to find... I mean, most of this chapter is them trying to find the door on the map yes. that, they, that they were told to look for and... Because... Appeared. First off, Bilbo and Feely and Keeley um, and I believe Thorin um, go and kind of investigate the south sort of main entrance. And of course, there's no way they're getting Mm-mm. into that because that's the one that Smaug uses and that's terrifying. So yeah, now we are tasked with finding this secret door that we remember. Oh yeah, there's a secret door that we were going to use. And they are like two or three days out from Durin's day, so I'm, mm-hmm. I was getting particularly antsy. Yeah, during you're this like time. you're reading this part, and you're like, guys, guys, time is running out. There's... We have a very thin window of opportunity. I, I, I feel like it's a little more than two or three days. I feel like it's more like two it's, weeks. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's, because yeah. they spend a, a good deal of time just exploring the mountain. Yeah, and it's Bilbo who says we need to explore the western side, and everybody else is like, ugh. But that's the difficult side. And Bilbo's like, does anybody else remember about the map thing that Elrond told us about? Why do I have to have all the plans? <laughs> Why do I have to be the thinker all the time? So eventually Bilbo and Feely uh, discover what looks like really old, worn down steps. And there was this nice little bit of uh, narration here because it says the kind of path that is discovered and forgotten about and rediscovered over and over again. Something yeah. to that extent. I just mm-hmm. like that. It was great, yeah. Which I feel like, you know, some of us can relate to that as kids, you, you know, like if you go out and play and like, like I, I know there, one of my friends used to live um, and there, uh, in this small subdivision and there was this like undeveloped just land plot behind her house and we would always climb over her fence and run around and play in there. Mm-hmm. And there were all of these cool places that we found to like hide and build forts in and stuff. And we would always forget about them and then, like, come back to them and kind of remember, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. And it was a path that only y'all knew. Yeah, that yeah. only we knew. and But that then we would forget about until the next summer and then find it again. So eventually they do arrive. They arrive in, like, a little, call it a doorstop almost, or doorstep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a clearing right above a cliff. You have to kind of edge across the uh, path at one point because it's so narrow. And it's kind of sunken back so if you looked at it from afar it would look maybe like a cave Mm -hmm. Uh, you could not see it from below because of the way the cliff was laid out but once you got there and kind of stepped back a little bit there is a perfectly flat just kind of seamless wall that was clearly the sign of a master mason hey this should clearly be a door right yes so Everybody starts to like push on it and it won't hit open. it and break. And hit it with axes, but their axes just shatter bro- and bend. Yeah, and, the, and remember these are like you know nicely forged 
Well, not anymore. By dwarves. No, they got them from Lake Town. They're probably. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. No, these were Lake Town. Uh, yeah. So oh, they're yeah. pieces of garbage. There. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Why uh, is this made from a shovel? <laughs> so anyway, they're breaking all of the tools. Yeah, that they... most people don't use shovels properly, and that's something no, that really don't. irks me. You're not supposed to just like hit people over the head with them. You two would be the ones who would know this no, sort of information. No, it's like. <laughs> You use a pickaxe to loose the dirt and then and to use break a it shovel into clumps. Yes, you don't actually yeah. use a shovel to dig a hole. No. no. You use it to clear the hole that you are pickaxing. Yep. And I only know this because in archaeology, there's like that tripartite division of Pikmin, not to be confused with Pikmin, the adorable <laughs> Nintendo franchise, <laughs> Shovelman, and Barrowman, like John Barrowman, who carts the soil away. I know it because barn chores. Gross. <laughs> Um, so anyway, um, this must be the door, but they have still kind of like cleverly forgotten about the whole part of Elrond's like speech about the about what the door, like how it has to open and how specific the conditions must be. Um, so they thought I, they had to just be on the day too. So I think that was also part of it. So eventually they basically use, they create a new camp up there and they use ropes to pull everybody up and all their stuff. And Bomber's bomber, like, yeah. um, no. <laughs> no, I'll stay down here, thank you. I'll watch the ponies. <laughs> so eventually Bilbo is kind of keeping watch on the door and he hears a cracking and it is a uh, thrush cracking open a, a snail. snail. Yeah, because there were like all kinds of snails around too in mm. that area. That um, And then it precisely at this moment... Uh, the sun starts to go down, quickly followed by the moon, which makes me think it's a waning moon. Uh, anyway, but then a uh, single kind of beam of the sunlight pierces through the clouds and illuminates, you know, a little prick on the door, which then opens up. And they are all pushing it. So cool. And Bilbo has so cool. this, like, light bulb moment. Get the key! 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 Because, yeah... Um, you we know, don't have much time. Unfortunately, it doesn't just fall away like a secret mm -hmm. passageway in a video game that you just, like, push on, you know? Um, so, yeah, Thorin produces the key. They slide it in the lock. Um, well, And there there was also this cool... So when, when the uh, ray of sunlight hits the wall, it, like, like a, a bit of rock just kind of loosens and falls yeah. from... So, like, revealing a keyhole, which is kind of cool. And also, like, there there's some great, like, almost, like, onomatopoeia... I guess it's, like... I mean, what's... Okay... What is, yeah, I guess it's onomatopoeia with that moment, too, like when, like, Thorne puts the key in. There's, like, it's not a click. It's, like, a clank or a clack or something like that. It's a really solid, And totally sounds like a key. I knew, why did I know we were going to hear this? It's pretty good. Dwarves really love Madonna. You didn't know that. I feel like Vogue would be like their favorite song of all time. Not Ray of Light? Well, the Ray of Light's just appropriate for the time. If they had See, their... I feel like I just got home. That it, is it, literally Thorin. It, when <laughs> quicker than a ray of light pierces through the door, opens the keyhole. If one I of hold the... the Lock and you hold the key. Oh my God! I can. If, if okay, so now, Abba. yeah, so now we're gonna do Madonna mashups. <laughs> if they um, had an the iPhone, of if they had an iPhone there <laughs> the at the Earth. time, they would play that song like a dungeon right when they did that to celebrate. But the, it would echo and reverberate and wake up the dumb dragon at the bottom. Probably. <laughs> so anyway, the door is now open and it sort of like falls back and reveals this like 
And I love in the book at... um, we about the description says, of the hallway. Yeah, so oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It seemed as if darkness flowed out like a vapor from the hole in the mountainside, and the deep darkness in which nothing could be seen lay before their eyes, a yawning mouth leading in and down. Okay. So, yeah. This is some of the elements where I'm noticing, like, reading this book, and it's going to come up more in this chapter than probably any other chapter in this book so far, because Bilbo is eventually going to kind of roll through their entire journey, but in, like, a really riddle-laced crazy version of it Mm -hmm. but i get the strongest feeling that this everything fantasy now is just totally pulled and inspired by this book there are don't know why so many things i don't know why this book in particular but for some reason this entire part just kind of slipped out the way the dragon is that description right there alone uh is just referencing all sorts of like creepy dungeon sort of stuff like it just makes me go, like, imagining, like, a young Hidetake Miyazaki mm-hmm. reading this book, not knowing any English, but knowing just enough English to kind of piece it together and being, like, completely inspired by... Uh, sorry, Being he, totally fascinated by that passage. <laughs> Hidetake Miyazaki is the guy who makes the Dark Souls series, sorry. Mm-hmm. I, but I just... I could just see all that stuff now kind of coming through in this chapter. Yeah, which, um, yeah, I, I, I know. I love that. Tolkien is a wordsmith, and we've seen it before, and we will see it again, and... And I like how when they step in, there's this kind of, like, element of, all right, what now? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, you know. Everybody basically said, send the burglar. Jump forward to next chapter, inside information, and, yeah, um, you know, we're standing now in this dark passageway, and Thorin's like, well, time to do your job, burglar. And no, he Bill, says, time to earn your pay. Yeah, earn oh, your yeah, pay. Oh, yeah, earn your pay. Yeah. The ex- yeah. And Bilbo's like, did I not earn my pay when I rescued you guys twice? Yeah, which, you know, Bilbo has, you know, in the, the, the past couple of, he's been getting more and more exasperated about he's been about how, like, the leadership role that he's been, you know, step, stepping into. I mean, he does it, but then, like, later on, he always thinks about it, and he's like, I have to do all the thinking and all the doing for these dwarves, and gosh. And, yeah, so Thorin, you know, immediately volunteers Bilbo, to be the one to go down uh, and, you know, investigate the treasure situation uh, and the dragon situation. Yeah, and, and it's just be talking about the treasure right now, and, I feel, and, I, and I'm, like, sitting here going, yeah, and also big, dumb dragon. Yeah, humongous, scary dragon that charred all of the land that we've been seeing around here, um, and that, oh, yeah, um, how, how are you going to escape? Uh, we're probably going to need to kill it. Oh, speaking of charred land, a uh, detail we forgot to... To, to touch upon was that as they were hiking up the mountain, they saw the remnants of the town of Dale. Mm-hmm. I like that bit. That was nice. That was kind of placing all that stuff. Like it, it described it as like set inside of a valley too. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine Dale and uh, Erebor. That's the name of the dwarf yeah. settlement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine them kind of like operating like um, Detroit and Windsor, or uh, or uh, like San Jose. Not San Jose. San Diego and Tijuana. Mm-hmm. Like, they're kind of like two halves of the same city, but bound by, like, different civilization. No, yeah. That's, or, like, the stupid description that came out about Metropolis and mm-hmm. Gotham City. Sorry, well, I'm not going yeah, into that. San Jose is in the bay. What am I Well, thinking? and, of course, the, you know, the there's a thriving trade route that mm-hmm. used to um, come between those the two cities, and there's sort of, yeah, they're absolutely like sister cities. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Bilbo eventually does get go down and he walks into like the chamber and there's this great bit here where he describes the kind of like fear and anxiousness mm-hmm. he's feeling as he's like walking down the stairwell into this well because he's treasure he's, room 
he sees something that really strikes fear into his heart, and that's yeah. a giant mm-hmm. statue of Salazar Slytherin. <laughs> the beard that reaches down to Wait, the Wait, are, are we in the basilisk. Chamber of Secrets here? Um, but yeah, no, I love that. So there's a... There's, you know, as Bilbo is starting to go down uh, into this passageway, he's thinking to himself, and again, you know, we see, like, there's a marked change here in the character, and he he knows it in himself, too. He says, already he was a very different hobbit from the one that, it, that had run out without a pocket handkerchief from Bag End long ago. He had not had a pocket handkerchief for ages. He <laughs> loosened his dagger in its sheath, tightened his belt, and went on. Uh, so there, there's also a, a bit I like that happened just before that when the dwarves were sitting, Bilbo, and um, it is the most that can be said for the dwarves is this: they intended to pay Bilbo really handsomely for his services. They had brought him to do a nasty job for them, and they did not mind the poor little fellow doing it if he would. But they would have, they would all have done their best to get him out of trouble if he got into it, as they did in the case of the trolls at the beginning of their adventures before they had any particular reasons for being grateful for, to him. There it is. Dwarves are not heroes, but calculating folk with a great idea of the value of money. Some are tricky and treacherous and pretty bad lots. Some are not, but are decent enough people like Thorne and company if you don't expect too much. Dwarves yeah. are the mathematicians and engineers of Middle-earth. Or the Randian-style Ubermensch. <laughs> but they're also honorable people. They will, you know, stand by what they have written out in a contract and promised you to. <laughs> yeah, because the elves would be the the Nietzsche, uh, Nietzsche idea of the Ubermensch. Sorry, I, I've been going back and reading some Nietzsche recently. You know, one, once upon a time, I had a Turkish workman who spoke English, and he loved Nietzsche, and he would translate Nietzsche quotes to me because he wanted to discuss, <laughs> discuss them. And so he would tra- these quotes were translated from German to Turkish, Turkish to, to English. English. Awesome! It was the most interesting ones oh, on Nietzsche have, I have ever had. They must have sounded so metal. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Bilbo is creeping down in, and he sees the dragon asleep and kind of sneaks up behind it or underneath it. He's The dragon's like on top of a pile of gold, and he kind of gets underneath it. And he, he, he steals a single cup, and he sees the, the dragon kind of shudder a little bit, and that scares Bilbo enough that he scampers off. Also, this description of Smog is some yeah. of the best writing in the book so far. Oh my, like, there's so many little details to it, like, the the color of its scales, like, they're kind of mm-hmm. like, it was like, it was like red, it was like, it was like almost like, because imagine, like, he describes the scales as like iron later, and I'm like, mm-hmm. could it possibly be that he's rusting? That, yeah. Would that be a cool image? I like, mean, yeah, you, the, you know, the, he's, he's always sort of described as, like, the, you know, the, it's like the chink in his armor, that's yeah. what his scales are like, you know? Um, or later we see the, like the, what the chink in his armor, and is. then like and, like the gems and jewels are like crusted to a his diamond crusted waistcoat. I love that. Oh, that's so cool. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, there's the there's movie some sucks really... so badly now. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I totally the uh, like the I love it. So he's Smaug lay with wings folded like an immeasurable bat. I love that too. <laughs> it's also cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and. Of course, then, you know, we have Bilbo's reaction, which I think is kind of, you know, like, almost like the reader's reaction here. To say that Bilbo's breath was taken away is no description at all. I mean, you, you can totally see it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, but, he, but he takes the cup back up, and they're like, oh, yay, yeah, oh, okay, why'd we just do that? that that's one piece of treasure. <laughs> because now, also, they hear a noise from Bilbo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Smog wakes up with the sort of anger that comes from basically being a rich person who has no yes. use for a certain thing, <laughs> but when it's stolen, he notices it and goes after it. Yeah. Thieves, fire, murder, which is, so this passage is like the perfect answer to, I like people have asked me before, like why, why are dragons greedy or what is it about dragons that make them greedy? And so we've we've read before that dragons are greedy and like to hoard things, but they have no idea for their usefulness and they can't make anything for themselves no, either. Yeah. They're just greedy. Rich people. This I love this <laughs> analogy here. This is the perfect explanation for that. Why are dragons greedy? Uh, is this, this description of him like throwing a fit like a rich person who has noticed that he's lost something. Even if he hasn't used it or touched it for years, mm -hmm. he notices that it's gone mm -hmm. and he throws a fit. And basically like rage destroys everything. Goes out <laughs> and kills a bunch of ponies and so stuff. If you're paying attention to the news right now, he is Donald Trump realizing that he's no longer allowed to be racist in public. Right? That's the voice exactly. in my head of smog is just Donald Trump. <laughs> You're fired. Thieves mur murders. <laughs> just, and just flies out. You're fired. And then he breathes fire. Or you're on fire. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the dragon is, like, like, just bumbling around, destroying things, making horrible noises. Has a temper tantrum. Has a huge temper tantrum. And uh, because, you know, one little precious cup has been taken. But he, but again, like he knows, even, like the vast majority of treasure that he has amassed and he has like well, an inventory. But I mean, he's mad. He's brain. mad because it's the cup of Helga Hufflepuff. Oh God, <laughs> and one it's a <laughs> <laughs> One seventh of his soul <laughs> is in that, in that cup. Okay, yeah, no, no. So, you know, everyone, of course, is hiding in this passageway, terrified, but they realize that Bomber and Boffer are at the camp below. Um, Smaug is, like, flying around, breathing fire, eating ponies, and, and you know, destroying things. Comes back in, is exhausted, and then Bilbo makes one more turn back in there. Yeah, to go because... Out to to do something. Well, I never. This is my one concern with this chapter is I never quite got the vibe of what anyone's plan was right here. Well, it the, was like, and I know they don't have a plan. Yeah, yet. There they're just like plan. go do reconnaissance with that ring thing, and that's basically it. The thing is, is that you know they they know that there's no getting out of here while the dragon is alive. Um, so it's kind of like a well, Bilbo has a magic ring, um, and also it's your fault because you took this cup. And Bilbo was like, well, what did you want me to do? Take, like, all of it? How am I supposed to carry Yeah, I can't. You would need a lot of little hobbits for And that. he, like, chastises them. And I love it. And then Thorin, like, is like, all right, well, what would you have us do? And basically asks Bilbo for his suggestion. So Bilbo's like, I'll use the ring and go see, investigate, and see what's going to go on. He says, now I will make you an offer. I have got my ring and will creep down this very noon. Then if ever Smaug ought to be napping and see what, is he, he, what he is up to. Perhaps something will turn up. Every worm has his weak spot, as my father used to say, though I am not sure it was from personal experience. Yeah, <laughs> I love that, too. Because, uh, yeah. Oh, yes, I see it's bolded here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I made a note of that one, too. Right. <laughs> Bilbo's father has never tangoed with a dragon before. <laughs> but anyway, this, this comes to another great example of how much Tolkien loves the English language because mm -hmm. he starts talking with Smog because Smog just can sense, hear him, and they have this. He's, and he can he, smell him too. Yeah, smell him because he smells very different than anything right. else he's, he's ever encountered. He's never smelled Hobbit before, and why would a dragon ever smell a Hobbit before? And he starts like 
naming himself, but it's with these like riddle-like names because apparently dragons. He's tr- it's like he's trying to confuse him, yeah, or like get him to like working out like all these plans, kind of like yes. a mixture of talking with Golem and uh, Bayorn. So it's mm-hmm. who are you and where do you come from? May I ask? And Bilbo says, "You may indeed. I come from under the hill, and under the hills and over the hills, my, my paths led." And through the air, I am he that walks unseen. So I can well believe, said Smaug, but that is hardly your usual name. I am the clue finder, the web cutter, the singing fly. I was chosen for the lucky number. Lovely titles, sneered the dragons, but lucky numbers don't always come off. I am he that buries his friends alive and drowns them and draws them alive again from the water. I came from the end of a bag, but no bag went over me. That's my favorite These don't sound so creditable, scoffed Smaug. I am the friend of bears and the guest of eagles. I am ring winner and luck wearer, and I am barrel rider, went on Bilbo, beginning to be pleased with his riddling. That's better, said Smaug, but don't let your imagination run away with you. Yeah, and, you know, of course, meanwhile, he's also flattering the dragon, calling him... Oh, immeasurable. You know, yeah, and... uh, the chieftest and greatest of calamities. That, that's what, that was a great quite one. Quite yeah. great. Saying yeah. the only reason he came was to see what could be so terrifying. Yeah, of course, you know, always saying that, you know, the treasure is an afterthought. Yeah. You know, they're not here for treasure. And, um, they're here for revenge. And for the... Mo- that was great. Mm-hmm. But for the most part... And then that's when he kind of... Inf- uh, I know furs, you're with dwarves yeah. because yeah. I know what dwarves taste like and I know what ponies that have been ridden by dwarves taste like. Also, lucky number, that means there's 14 of y'all. Right. So. And he also... No, he, he, he says not to hang out with dwarves because they're thieving. Mm-hmm. Um, and... All the while, Smaug, see, dragons have this. Remember in the Silmarillion, we had a dragon that enchanted. Yeah, right? that's true, yeah. Dragons have this kind of, can you know, can, can <laughs> sort of, like, enchant you. And, and while, but this time, Bilbo didn't marry his sister. Exactly. No, that, Bilbo, no, luckily, did crazy. not accidentally marry his sister. This is turning out much better for our little hero. He, mem- he married uh, <laughs> Boffer. I don't know. <laughs> But, I'm starting to remember their names now. But he is, however, starting to fall under this kind of dragon spell. Um, and, you know, does actually feel a little bit of suspicion for the dwarves, too. He's like, hey, wait a minute. Anyway, he, you know, he uh, continues on this riddling thing and, you know, assures the dragon, we're not here for gold, we're here for revenge. Um, and then Smaug, of course, boasts that he cannot be defeated. There's no way. Um, and so Bilbo continues to flatter the dragon, and finally he gets him to show his underbelly. And then there's that small bit that if they were to stab yeah. in his chest. There's an open patch in the dragon's waistcoat of fine diamonds above his left breast. So, you know, Bilbo at that moment, he, he has his plan now. He's like, okay, there, we can, there is a way to kill him. It's very specific. But, and very, very narrow. And very narrow, but there is a way to kill him. So he decides to skid, skedaddle. Um, angers him, though, uh, at the last second by taunting him about burglars. Um, and says that, you know, burglars take some time to catch after a head start, just like ponies do, or something like that. Um, the, uh, and runs up the passage. Well, and then also, around this point is when, kind of like, it's probably skipping ahead a little bit more, but that's when Smog leaves the cave, mm-hmm. and not only leaves the cave, but kind of realizes that he smells the lake on him, mm-hmm. or something along those lines, and realizes that, I should go mess up Lake Town. Yeah. And that's where the chapter ends. Well, and a stupid he... movie does, too. And I, <laughs> I hate to uh, tell something entirely unrelated, but it's funny enough that I need to. You ever run into that uh, 
picture your friend post that just tells a whole story in and of itself. Mm-hmm. My friend just posted a picture of herself in the emergency room with her hand wrapped up, titled Guacamole Fail. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely unrelated. However, uh, Bilbo did have a little fail, though, right there. And it was so as he was running, as he like right after he taunted the dragon and ran away up the passage, he's th- uh, there's a uh, in the. There's a quote that says, never laugh at, at live dragons, which later becomes a proverb. Yes. Like Bilbo scolds himself. He's like, mm-hmm. why did you do that? That was a stupid idea. Um, so I love that too. So anyway, he um, rejoins the dwarves and tells them everything. Um, and there's a thrush that's sitting there. and he. It, it, there was a rock at the thrush, yeah. Yeah, well, because Bilbo's like, I think this thrush is listening to me. Clearly he's nefarious. Um, uh, you're paranoid and hungry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Thorin was like, no, 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 this is a friendly bird. And says that, you know, this might be a, de- a descendant of, like, a magical bird that... Uh, the inhabitants of Dale could speak yeah. to. Or it might even be one of those birds. Yeah. hundred um, years later. This is what it's like living in Middle Earth. Anything, <laughs> you throw a rock and you're going to hit something that's enchanted from, like, ancient times. Right? Um, everything is connected. Uh, so, but anyway, Bilbo is pretty sure that Smaug has figured out too much. Um, he knows that they had help from Lake Town, so now Bilbo's like, he's, the dragon's going to attack Lake Town. Um, but, uh, of course, you know, he has managed to find that there's a chink in the, in the mm-hmm. dragon's armor and he can be defeated. So now they start discussing, like, dragon slaying legends and tactics. He, Bilbo gets more and more nervous and is like, we need to close the tunnel and, you know, get in here because the dragon's going to come after us. That's basically it, really. Well, like, really? not quite. There's an important thing. So they talk. Now they're talking. They're they are trying to reassure the Hobbit about and saying that, hey, um, you know, we want to let you know that we are going to help you transport your treasure. And then they start talking about the treasure. Oh yeah, their cuts and what they remember of it. And uh-huh. there's weapons and necklaces and all kinds of great stuff in there. But unfinished trife forged. Spears with golden laid handles and gems, and then the ultimate gem, the heart of the mountain. Fairest of them all was the great white gem, which the dwarves had found beneath the roots of the mountain, the heart of the mountain, the Arkenstone of Thrain. And the way that it's described is very curious. And Thorin says, It was like a globe with a thousand faces. It shone like silver in the firelight, like water in the sun, like snow under the stars, like rain upon the moon. You'd say it's like some ancient tree light. It's like scaping that 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 gem, you know. That is a popular theory. I really like that theory. That the Arkenstone is possibly one of the Silmarils. To be fair, though, the description actually in the book, I feel like, doesn't quite lend itself to being a Silmaril too much. But you could probably make an argument. It's like those Sankara stones in Temple mm-hmm. of Doom, mm-hmm. where... They all glow, but they only glow when they're all brought together. Mm-hmm. So it might be because the other two stones are kind of so far away. Maybe some like aspect of them not being together dulls each like one. Like dulls the yeah. Because like, one's basically in space, <laughs> and one's in the water. In the water somewhere. <laughs> and this is the only one that kind of had a shot of being found. And basically, mm-hmm. it's not surprising if it had gotten found. So if it's kind of duller... That makes sense to me. However, when you've seen the movie, they make sure it doesn't look very dull at all. It, yeah, it's no, very it's, bright. Well, and the Arkenstone is something to behold. Like, and it's it's you know accurately described here by Thorin that it's it really is. Yeah. it's you know something special. But so yeah, so now they're you know 
there's this uh, extra special <laughs> thing that we're um, I, I, I kind of like well. that it's never really stated either way if it is or if it's not because mm -hmm. very 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 few things in the Tolkien Legendarium are ever left up to uh, yeah that kind of interpretation yeah yeah and it's kind of one of those things where again it's I mean it's a popular theory um, and you know knowing what one knows about the Silmarils and what one knows about the Arkenstone, you know, you could say with some level of certainty or some level of uncertainty, uncertainty whether it is one of them. Um, and yeah, I totally like that too. But this chapter had some tension to it. Totally. I really liked yeah. it. Um, and, you know, they're, you know, Bilbo still with, even though they're talking about all kinds of treasure and fancy shiny things, he's still like, really concerned about the dragon and they actually shut themselves into the mountain but they hear the dragon kind of outside um sending an avalanche down over oh yeah that, the passageway yeah. he's like clawing at it and stuff and sending rocks down over um well, trapping them inside he's, he's furious because he knows where the like the inner part of the tunnel is yeah so he can kind of figure out where the outer part would be but he can't find it exactly because it's so small and he's so big well, and because the door is sealed so perfectly because of the, mm -hmm. the crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dwarven masonry. Yeah. But so now Smaug is going off, cursing Barrel Rider, and deciding to take out his anger on Lake Town. Which, as we all know, outfitted our party. Yep. To be continued. To be continued. Dun, 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 dun. So my favorite part was... I mean, in the in the grander scheme, by this point, Bilbo is kind of the leader of the party, and they address mm -hmm. that. Uh, beyond that, though, I just like the little detail when Bilbo eh, made Smaug really mad, and he's running down the tunnel, and Smaug can fit, like, a nostril in the tunnel and sends fire <laughs> after it. Mm -hmm. And it says that the hair on the back of Bilbo's feet was singed, and it would be a long time before it properly grew <laughs> back. Didn't he have, like, part of his, the hair on his head was singed, yes, too, I think? that's not but, as hobby. But not as bad as yes. the hair on the back of his feet, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like another beard. That's a fun little detail. Footbeard. Footbeard, yeah, footbeard. That's a hobbit name right there. That's a little foot classic footbeard. <laughs> or bearded foot. Uh, that sounds well, like a tavern, the bearded yeah. foot. Proud, proud foot is yeah. a, a hobbit family name. Proud feet. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, gosh. I don't know what to pick for my favorite bit of this chapter. It was the description of the... Of his belly. Description like, of the belly for you? The, the dragon description was just the best. Like, that's the, some of the best stuff in the entire book. It's just so rich with, like, it, like that's a really just vivid, interesting image. Almost like it's been lying there for so long. It's just become... The treasure has become part of this dragon. That's exactly right. He yeah. lays there on his pile of shiny stuff, and it sticks to him, and... Because he's been kinda there for like so long. Kind of like when you eat in bed and then you fall asleep. And you <laughs> and then you, and yeah, the... and there's crumbs all over. Don't eat in bed. Why are you eating in bed? Don't eat in bed. <laughs> I don't. He's God. A, he's a dragon. Just in general, just don't eat in beds. That's, ugh. I hate crumbs in bed. You're like a crackers dragon Oh, or yeah, when you're sick. Okay, that's different. <laughs> I think my favorite bit is, again, what you know. What fondue in bed? That would be very messy. <laughs> you actually tip the pot over. Oh, Ow. I think it's just, again, the, like, word tango kind of riddling that... Tolkien tango? Yeah, Tolkien tango that, that Bilbo does with, with the dragon. Um, I, I love that. I always love it when characters use wit, get themselves out of sticky situations. Well, and there's you know, no shortage of it. You know Bilbo. what Gandalf loves to say? 
Wit beyond measure is a hobbit's greatest treasure. Sorry, this is just the Harry Potter this episode. This is the Harry Potter episode, yeah. What the what? Which <laughs> is weird, because I have not, like, reread Harry Potter or watched the movies in, like, a year. So I reread a few of the books last year and watched all the movies in one week, and I just was like, I think I'm done with Harry Potter for a good while now. Just maybe let that until, sit. <laughs> maybe until 2017. That's when I'll feel it's like. It's a very again. rewarding experience to reread the the books like in one big chunk because she gets she becomes such a better author mm-hmm. by the seventh book. Like rarely do you do you read something that's kind of that uniform in the way that it is told, but also like gets increasingly better and better. And better. Actually, mm-hmm. little trivia about me. I've only read the first book once cuz I can't I can't do it again. Like <laughs> I, I tried reading again. I was like, man, I'd rather just rather just skip to the second one or the third one. Or the uh, the one I've read the most though is the fifth one. That's my favorite book of the it's entire the longest, series. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's the longest, it's but the longest. It's, it's my favorite. It's either that one or Goblet of Fire. My favorite movie though is the sixth movie, which is apparently a very unusual opinion to have, but I think it's the best one cuz it's the most I, oddly enough, I feel like excluding the first movie is the that, one you could like pull out of the series and make someone else watch who's never seen any of the other ones and kind of get it. Isn't that the only one where David Kep wasn't the screenwriter? No, that was the fifth one. Oh, okay. It's also oddly enough for being the longest book, the fifth movie is the long is the, the shortest, shortest movie. Shortest movie. Yeah. Well, it's because they condensed for understandable reasons a lot of the ending. Yeah. They didn't have that weird room with, like, the, the brain things that mm-hmm. showed film memory. Like, you remember that tank of, like, That the, was bizarre. I don't know, like... The brain tickles. Yeah. Jeez, It was, like, brains rolling. with, like, tentacle things. <laughs> but what anyway... You before you wrote write this? So, yeah. Uh, next uh, next episode will be, actually, I out believe... Out of the our, fire into the dragon. Our last... Yeah, out of the fire into the dragon. It'll be our last chapter before um, we watch The Desolation of Smaug. We will read Not at Home technically, next chapter, I believe. Technically, we should watch the movie now because we just read the ending to the movie. But I'm not going That's to do true. that. That's true. I have a reason why we need to read one more chapter before we watch the movie to make it. Okay. To You're the one who's to, more familiar with the movie. To prove a dumb again, point like... <laughs> and how bad that second movie is, we need to read one more chapter to have that knowledge in our heads before we move on because this is where the movie ends, is right there. Yeah. Where it goes off to Lake Town and it's. Makes me. I, mean, I, I went. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. Well, this has been uh, yet another episode of Talking Tolkien. You can find us at talkingtolkien.com or under Talking Tolkien on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, iTunes, and Patreon. Shoot us an email if you'd like, theprofessor at talkingtolkien.com. Or comment on our Facebook or tweet us or. All of the above. Send us smoke signals. I had an idea to start using... A Contact co- us via Palantir. Like, I had this idea of using a... I don't have um, my Palantir hooked up to the network. I was tra- I had this idea of, of using Periscope to record bits and pieces of our episode while we're doing it and call it Palantir. Uh, I mean, appropriate, that would, right? Yeah. That would be kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> I, but not many people use Periscope, so... Yeah, not I'd, many people use Palantir either. Nope, that's true. <laughs> I am John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. Bye. Uh.